Thank you for tuning in to Voice of Islam Jamaica. The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876-283-9533. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello dear listeners, welcome to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community with your usual program answering your questions and also the concerns and the issues that you need to know about the religion of Islam. I am your host, Imam Ibrahim Fawson. This program is sponsored by the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community and the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community is one of the over 70 denominations in Islam. This community is spread across over 200 countries and believe in the advent of the promised Messiah that is the Imam of the age and the reformer of the age in the person of His Holiness Mirza Ghulam Ahmed. The Ahmadiyya Muslim community is generally um, recognized as a peace-loving religious community which rejects any form of violence against God's creation. The motto of this community is love for all and hatred for none. In the course of today's program, if you wish to be part of it, kindly send your messages and comments through our WhatsApp number, and the number is 876-283-9533. Again, 876-283-9533. Today on the program, we are looking at the difference between the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and the other Muslim communities. In my introduction, I made mention that this community is part of over 70 denominations in Islam and uh, Muslims generally claim that the religion of Islam means peace. However, unfortunately, Islam is viewed by a section of the world population as a religion which promotes and teaches violence and extremism. The Ahmadiyya Muslim community presents completely a different image of Islam and at the community level, the individual level, and also national and international levels, people who have come in contact with members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community are always surprised the kind of peace-loving nature we are. And sometimes they find it very difficult to know whether, um, you know, we are part of the so-called Muslims who, unfortunately, in the media, are always, you know, um, read about and also heard about perpetrating violence. So today... To shed light on what makes Ahmadis or members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community different from the other Muslims, I have invited Imam Tariq Azim to take us through some of the activities and also the things that make the Ahmadiyya Muslim community generally accepted globally and also locally as a religious community that promotes peace and also reflect the true teachings of Islam. Imam Tariq Azim, Assalamu alaikum and welcome to today's program. 
وعلیکم السلام ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ may peace and blessings of god be upon you and all the listeners thank you very much and imam tariq today we are looking at the difference between the ahmadiyya muslim community the members of this community and also some of the other muslims as um we have encountered almost on daily basis and we continue to experience whenever we go out and we meet the public at first hand they look at us as you know people who are um you know violent and people who are you know promote extremism and other factors however when they have the chance to discuss you know one or two you know topics with us they realize that we are quite different and we try to explain to them that we are not doing anything different however we are practicing the true teachings of islam which other muslims may only claim but then they are not putting it into practice so briefly um what is islam and who is a muslim yes uh, it is a very important question that and we need to understand the religion of islam at least um even if it's only very basically or briefly we should understand it and also understand what or who true muslim is one who fulfills the definition of a true muslim can be considered Uh, should be considered safe or would be considered safe automatically you know if we if we hear the word muslim our mind should be at ease it should be at peace that this guy is going to be a good person and I, i will explain to to you why and how that is firstly let me explain that you know when when we look at the religions across the globe not just islam any religion we find two very basic fundamentals in it in every religion number 1 worship of god almighty has been made you know necessary has been made part of every religion the second fundamental is that the religion teaches us to live harmoniously peacefully with people and interestingly when we look at the word islam the name of our religion islam it has both of these meanings already inside it the word islam has two basic meanings okay. number one peace number 2 submission so right there the the meaning the two fundamentals are very clearly mentioned in here the message of our religion is already placed into the name that you know that our religion has what it, what it is submission to god to the will of god almighty worshiping god almighty number 2 which is peace living harmoniously and peacefully with other human beings in the society and by extension god's creation by extension god's creation indeed sure so this is the basic uh, teaching uh, of islam which is already present in the in the very name of religion in the very name of our religion if anyone for example somebody uh, is doesn't worship god it means he is already you know uh, moving away from the very foundation of our faith if somebody is uh, harmful or hurtful to the creation of god almighty then also that per- person is moving away from the core teachings of our religion so this is the me- meaning of islam uh, peace and submission submission to the will of god and peaceful to the uh, you know the creation of god almighty sure there is a saying of the of the prophet holy prophet muhammad peace and blessings of allah be upon him he said that a muslim is the one from whose hands and tongue other muslims or people generally are safe this is the very you know definition given by prophet muhammad peace be upon him sallallahu alaihi wasallam that 
people, other people should feel safe from that person. Such a person will become, is, can be considered a Muslim. Okay. So any true Muslim out there should always keep these things in mind. And he would keep it in mind because this is his religion. This is his teaching that he would spread love. He would spread peace. He would practice peace. And others will feel safe and comfortable from him. This is the very definition of Islam. But however, I mean, I want to clear, clarify one more thing. Okay. Um, nowadays, we notice that uh, there's a lot of Muslim groups out there, particularly the clerics of those Muslim groups. They often declare other groups, other sects of Islam as disbelievers, as infidels, as heretics or different names. Yeah. And this is un extremely unfortunate because according to the Holy Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know, there's a very famous Arabic narration of his. I will uh, quote the Arabic for our Muslim listeners particularly. He said, So basically what was happening was that the Prophet ordered for a census for, you know, to make a list of all the Muslims living uh, in his town. Yeah. And when he was giving this instruction to the uh, people who were going to prepare the list, he said, write down for me, make a list for me, for every person who claims to be a Muslim, every person who announces that I am a Muslim. So um, particularly for the Muslim um, denominations, I think they should understand that what, someone who says that he is a Muslim or she's a Muslim, we must accept it and believe that that such person is a Muslim. Um, and then, of course, it is his journey, um, spiritual journey, that how well he follows the teachings of uh, the Holy Quran and Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings sorry, of God sorry. be upon him. With this, you have given us a brief um, definition of um, what Islam is and also who is a Muslim. And um, you clearly stated that Islam means peace and also submission. And uh, by submission, total submission, you said a Muslim should be willing to submit to the will of God the Almighty. And also a Muslim should always be at peace with his fellow human being and also by extension all God's creation. Now, somebody has told me clearly, and this is not the first time I keep hearing this. Whenever I have, you know, a friendly interaction with people, they tell me you are too good to be a Muslim, basically. So then I tell them that um, actually I am practicing the best Islam that is supposed to be, you know, be, 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 be practicing. Who then are Ahmadi Muslims? Because in our introductions, always we say that this community is one of the over 70 denominations in Islam. Who are Ahmadi Muslims that we are part of? Yes, absolutely. Um, as you rightly mentioned, Ahmadi Muslims uh, or Ahmadiyya is one of the denominations or one of the sects within the religion of Islam. And it is uh, spread in, you know, into more than 200 countries of the world, basically across the world in pretty much every country of the world, our Jamaat, our community, our denomination is established. Uh, that is, you know, who Ahmadi Muslims are. As far as our beliefs are concerned, uh, our belief, we you know, we believe in La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. That is, there is none worthy of worship except Allah, except God. There's only one God. And Muhammadur Rasulullah and that Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, uh, is a messenger of Allah. This is the translation of the, our, our creed, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. We as Ahmadi Muslims, we believe uh, in Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, but we also believe in 
all the other prophets that came before him. It is required to, uh, you know, we are required to do that by our faith. That if I say, for example, that I only believe in Prophet Muhammad and I do true, not true. believe in Prophet Jesus or Prophet Moses or anyone or all of them, I cannot be a true Muslim because my faith requires me to believe in all of them and respect all of them. Other than that, Ahmadi Muslims believe that Holy Quran is the revealed book from Allah the Almighty that was sent down upon Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. We believe it to be the final and complete guidance. And other than that, we also uh, believe that, uh, you know, the actions and the sayings of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, um, his actions and his sayings, we refer to them as sunnah and hadith in our uh, Islamic tradition, Islamic uh, terminology. And, you know, as Ahmadi Muslims, we follow them and we believe them to be uh, a commentary or, you know, uh, an explanation of the Holy Quran. He, by the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, basically put into action whatever was given uh, or instructions were given in the Holy Quran. He put into practice and those same practices are now known as Sunnah or sometimes his explanation is referred to as Hadith, the sayings of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So as, as Muslims, as Ahmadi Muslims, we believe in these uh, few things that I have mentioned. We believe the Holy Quran to be number one source of guidance for Muslims. We believe Sunnah to be the second most important source of guidance, that is the actions of the Prophet. And number three is Hadith, uh, that is the sayings of the Holy Prophet Muhammad Other than that, I mean, uh, just like rest of the Muslims, we or most of the Muslims, I should say, we believe in five pillars of Islam. We believe in the Kalima, that is the declaration of faith. That is, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. That I already mentioned that, yeah. that we, we, we believe that there is only one God and Holy Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is his messenger. The second, is, the second pillar of Islam is Salat, it's prayers. Sure. And uh, five daily prayers as Ahmadi Muslims, just like other Muslims, we offer them every day. Then third pillar of Islam is fasting. That is during the month of Ramadan, about 29 or 30 days that come each year, uh, we, are, we are supposed to observe fasting. Then there is charity or zakat. Then the fifth is pilgrimage to Mecca at least once in a lifetime for each individual if, if uh, you know, situation, if circumstances allow. So these are the five pillars which uh, Muslims generally, majority of the Muslims believe. Just like Ahmadi Muslims, we also believe. Okay. Then we also believe in the six articles of faith, which are the same for Ahmadi Muslims. And again, most of the other Muslims, uh, that is belief in Allah, belief in God Almighty, belief in his books, number two, belief in his angels, belief in his prophets, God's prophets, belief in day of judgment, belief in destiny, or you could say the actions or the consequences of our actions. So the, the, the reason I'm mentioning these is particularly for, for our Muslim listeners. Yeah. Sometimes there's a lot of rumors, a lot of uh, misconceptions uh, spread about other communities, other faiths. And, uh, I, you know, while I'm explaining these to you, you would, many of you would be saying that it is exactly the same belief that we have, right? So sure. all, if, if there was any uh, false te teaching associated with us, it's, you know, I'm sure I'm hopeful that it would be clarified at this moment uh, because of this explanation. One difference, however, does exist between Ahmadi Muslims and general, most of the Muslims out there, particularly the Sunni Muslims. Uh, that difference is that the Sunni Muslims, which is the largest majority of Muslims across the globe, 
um, they believe that they're you know waiting for a um, return of a messiah or they're awaiting a messiah and mahdi we on the other hand believe that the person that they're waiting for has already appeared his name was his holiness mirza ulam ahmed he is the promised messiah the one that was promised by holy prophet muhammad peace be upon him he is the imam mahdi that was promised by holy prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam so we believe that mahdi that messiah has already appeared and this community ahmadiyya muslim community is founded by that messiah and mahdi and we invite all people people of all religions including muslims christians that you know that this is the divine community of this age in each era there is one divine community community that is founded by god himself and we invite people to come and learn more and be part of this uh, you know this religious community that is founded by god himself thank you very much imam tarik so um you have clearly stated that Ahmadi Muslims or members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community believe in all the fundamental um, you know beliefs and also doctrines that qualify a person to become a Muslim you made mention of belief in Allah belief in the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam basically the five um, you know pillars of Islam and also the six articles of faith and um, the question then will be if we believe in all these things and other muslims also can say that they believe in all these things that make them muslims what makes the difference because comparatively ahmadi muslims generally are known by governments across the world and you know people that we live with they know us as people who are you know law abiding people who are peaceful people who are loyal and also productive to society so what are we doing different that other muslims some of the other muslims are not doing even though we all believe in the fundamental you know ethics of the faith yes this is an important question and not just to look at uh, you know the denominations within islam but to look at religions generally all the religions yeah. see here we are in jamaica and and you know we have um they say that most churches in the world when we look at per square kilometer but does that mean that we are following the you know the religion um as we should be meaning i'm talking about majority of the christians sure. here people will be disobeying the commands of the religion for six days of the week they will be doing all those things that that the bible prohibits and on the seventh day on sunday they will be in the church praying to god almighty worshiping and what not so these these things it's not just here it's in many parts of the world in majority rather majority of the world uh, is is such that they believe in certain things but they don't act upon those things it is necessary to act and follow uh, whatever teachings that you that you you know claim to follow yeah so this is one of the reasons that ahmadiyya muslim community stands out in rest of the, in in the entire world among muslim denominations particularly as well as generally uh, you know when we look at any religious community across the globe it's because it the majority of the members of ahmadiyya muslim community they try to spiritually enhance themselves they try to become better human beings and i, I will get to the reasons why that is yeah. right one simple reason is that yes we follow the teachings given to us by god almighty uh given 
through the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. We follow his example. We do not just claim to follow his example, but we follow his example. But how are we able to follow his example? That is the real question. We have accepted the Imam, the Prophet or the, the Messiah that was promised by or foretold by Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. As I mentioned earlier, His Holiness Mirza Ghulam Ahmad, we believe him to be the, the, you know, the Messiah and the Mahdi that was promised by Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So by accepting the Messiah, we are that community that is the divinely founded community, divinely established community. You know, when uh, 1400 years ago, when Holy Prophet Muhammad wasalam, founded the religion of Islam uh, under divine instruction, the people that surrounded him and continued to follow him, those were the people, you know, that was the true divine community. Before that, Jesus, peace be upon him, when he gave teachings to the Jews, to the people of Israel about, uh, about you know, uh, following the, what is written in the Old Testament and whatnot, that was a true divine community. And at that time, in that region, that was the only divine community. So when we talk about Ahmadiyya Muslim community today, we, you know, I wish to make it clear to our listeners that we do not, uh, we, don't, we don't think that we are just one ordinary community or one ordinary church or a mosque. No, it is that very community that was founded by God Almighty him, himself in this age, just like Jesus, peace be upon him, founded that small community in his time and age. And, you know, uh, all the people could oppose him, oppose him as much as they wanted. But because that was a divine community, it was bound to flourish and succeed. So it's in this day and age, Ahmadiyya Muslim community enjoys that blessing, that, you know, uh, protection and that uh, reward from God Almighty for being the divine community. And that is the main reason that Ahmadiyya Muslim community stands out when we compare it with any other denomination of any, any religion for that matter. So number one, because we have accepted the Imam of the age, the Messiah and the Mahdi of this age, the prophet of this age. That is why we witness all these blessings. And, uh, you know, we are known across the globe for our peaceful, loyal, and uh, law-abiding behavior. Can I, can I ask you this? Um, what is so unique about accepting the, um, the reformer of the age as, I mean, contributing to making us that unique uh, that other people see us? Um, is there something new that that Messiah of the age, I mean, has brought? Is there any prophecy that he's fulfilling, particularly in terms of the state of Islam and how Muslims are going to be in the latter days? Yes, um, that is a very important question. Uh, the Holy Prophet of Islam had prophesied salam, salam. that a time will come when, you know, um, people of Islam will go away from their religion, will go away from their teachings. He said that only the name of the religion would be left. He said that people will oh. recite the Quran, but it won't go down into their hearts. It won't go past their throats. He said the mosques will be full, but there would be no faith. There will be no strong faith in, their, in the hearts of the people. This is something that the Prophet Muhammad said is going to happen in the latter days. Exactly. Right? He warned the, the, you know, his, his people, his nation, his ummah, that this will happen. But he also gave them a glad tiding of the coming of the Messiah or the Mahdi in that age who will reunite them, reignite the faith into the hearts of the Muslims. And he said okay. that even if the faith would have ascended 
to the heavens, meaning gone away, far away from the people, he will bring it back to them. So this is, uh, you know, who we believe the Messiah to be, that he was sent in this age to fulfill that very prophecy that was made by Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, to bring the faith back to people, to bring the faith back into the Muslim community, as, as, I, as, I, as I mentioned. Will I, be, will I be right to say that the, the, the reformer, as you said, is to restore, I mean, Muslims back to the original teachings of Islam, which might have been lost? Exactly. So the Messiah and the Mahdi has not brought a single new teaching. Because in the Holy Quran, God Almighty has said, akmaltu lakum yeah. That I have completed your faith for you. Allah the Almighty said, I've completed your faith for you. Meaning that Holy Quran, the scripture, it is a complete guidance. And there is no need of any new teaching to be given now. However, the Holy Quran, the teachings of the Holy Quran, need to be understood, interpreted in each and every era. And in this day and age, Allah the Almighty had promised, had foretold that the Messiah and the Mahdi would come and he would, uh, he would be able to guide the Muslim, particularly the Muslims and generally the world towards the, the, you know, the right understanding uh, of divine teachings, of divine instructions. But one might ask, actually, I should say, that if the teachings were already there, then what is the point of sending anyone? Yeah. Well, number one, we should understand that it was foretold by the Prophet himself, Holy Prophet peace be upon him himself, that uh, uh, you know, a Messiah would come or a Mahdi would come or a Prophet would come and he would revive the religion of Islam. But secondly, I mean, the Holy Quran uh, emphasizes a lot on um, the importance of reminding reminding yeah you know holy quran itself calls itself uh, a book uh, that is a reminder to people meaning that it reminds people what to do right prophets all of them they remind people what to do some of those things people already know for example um, uh, you know prophet jesus peace be upon him when he came uh, to uh, to the israelites to the people of israel he gave them the same teachings that were already given in the old testament but why did he repeat those teachings? Because people, even though they knew or they said that they believed on those teachings, but they were not really following those teachings. So, so a reminder, reminding them, reminding people, uh, it helps. The Holy Quran okay. says that the uh, a reminder, you know, is basically very beneficial. In Nafa'at and Zikra, that surely reminder benefits people. Just like we do revision, we do revision when we study, I mean, in schools and other things. You need to revise the teachings from time to time. Exactly. I mean, just, just look at this. Uh, we are passing through the pandemic of, you know, COVID-19. We all know that we are supposed to cover our faces with masks. We're supposed to sanitize. But even though we already know these things, the, uh, the institutions, uh, government and schools and wherever we go, we, all, we keep seeing the reminder of the same thing again and again because reminders are, help us even when we know something that how this is how we should do it. Reminders emphasize the importance of that action that we are carrying out. So therefore, it applies to religious aspect as well. In zikra, that surely a reminder benefits mankind. And this is why uh, prophets, um, a prophet uh, was sent in this day and age, the Messiah and the Mahdi, uh, as was promised by Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. One other aspect, I, I mean, before, I, mean, I actually have a list of different things here, okay. but one 
one other aspect which ties uh, in with prophethood is, or uh, the coming of the Messiah is, the establishment of Khilafat, establishment of successorship uh, in our community. This is another reason that Ahmadi Muslims stand out uh, among all the different denominations when we look at them. You made mention of um, a word called Khilafat. What is it? After uh, every prophet, there is a uh, successor to him. And sometimes a chain of successors, many of them, one after the other. And the role of successors, those successors or those uh, Khalifa, is that they carry on the mission founded by that particular prophet. Okay. When we look at Prophet Moses, peace be upon him, for example, we see that after his demise, his disciple, his companion, Joshua, carried on the mission that, that was founded by Prophet Moses, peace be upon him. We look at uh, Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him. After him, his disciple Peter carried on the mission that was founded by Prophet Jesus. We look at the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. After his demise, his, uh, his disciple, his companion Abu Bakr uh, carried on the mission. And then afterwards, we, we know that there was uh, Hazrat Umar, Hazrat Usman, and Hazrat Ali uh, that carried on the mission of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. So similarly, in the time the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had prophesied that uh, after him, he had said that after me, there will be rightly guided caliphate, rightly guided khilafat, rightly guided successorship. After 30 years or so, that successorship will come to an end. Then there will be kings, meaning the, the, the divinely guided successorship will go away. Then there will just be regular ordinary kings who will be Muslims within the Muslim community that will govern their affairs but they will not be divinely appointed, divinely guided. Okay. And then the Prophet, you know, uh, Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said that after much uh, gap, he said that there will be khilafat or successorship established again on the footsteps, on the precepts of prophethood. Here, we believe he was referring to uh, the coming of the Messiah, the Imam Mahdi of this age, and through him, khilafat or successorship was bound to be established again. So this, in this day and age, Ahmadiyya Muslim community, we believe that we are the only community in the world that at the moment has a divinely guided leadership, divinely guided uh, successorship. Basically, after the demise of the Prophet, our founder of Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Imam Mahdi, the promised Messiah, uh, there was the first Khalifa, the first successor who carried on the mission. And currently we are, we are passing through the time or the era of uh, the fifth Khalifa or the fifth successor of the promised Messiah. And this divinely guided leadership, you know, as I mentioned, Ahmadiyya Muslim community is unique uh, in many ways in having this divine system. But this system guides us, Ahmadiyya Muslims, across the globe. The, you know, I said over 200 countries, this Jamaat is established in this community is established in. This khilafat, the successors, the successors guide every member of the community at every step of theirs, that what they should do, how they should, you know, go about living their lives and uh, controlling themselves against temptations of the world and, you know, trying to excel both spiritually as well as worldly, you know, in both senses, yeah. get, gaining the best of both worlds, basically. And then not just guiding, but reminding us all the time, reminding us, you know, as I mentioned, we already know, most of us know what is right, what is wrong. 
but we still need somebody to remind us constantly that what we should do to keep us to keep us on the on the track exactly exactly so you know as parents most of the uh, you know people would understand that mothers and fathers go on repeating the same thing so many times over the over the course of their you know uh, raising their children um uh, the reason for that is because saying it once yes you make it clear but you still need to remind uh, to make sure that your children uh, continue to follow the right path so through this divine system of leadership uh, which i said khilafat or successorship uh, we are reminded one other benefit of this uh, you know uh, blessing of this uh, leadership is that we are uh, unified our community wherever an ahmadi muslim is residing in whichever part of the world uh, we feel a connection with each other because of this reason that we are all connected through this divinely guided leadership this is another reason and when we act when whatever we do you know uh, we do in a unified manner so due to that uh, it sends out a very clear and a strong message to all the people around the world that ahmadiyya muslim community that is our denomination is a peaceful law abiding and a very strong religious community uh, with a very strong emphasis on spirituality but also they have the good values you know they're not just saying that you should leave the world and just worship god no they're saying that ahmadi muslims are always our firm belief is that we have, we live in this world we have some obligations towards this world also while fulfilling our obligations towards god almighty so this is the second aspect so um before you go on um with some of the other things that make us different you made mention of this um system of divinely guided leadership and in the islamic terminology you called it khilafat um would i would, i mean yes. does it look like you know here in jamaica we have uh, founding fathers of jamaica who helped the country to attain independence but then after them there are successors of prime minister or leaders who always you know are trying to make sure that the country stays focused on the path that was um, channeled out by the um, the founding fathers does this institution i mean in the worldly you know uh, sphere look like what we are talking about in terms of the 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 prophet and the people who succeed him when he dies yes i mean uh, founding fathers of any country uh, basically give some kind of direction as well yeah and the countries or the prime ministers particularly or the leaders that follow they try always to take those values uh, that you know that have been uh, given by their founding fathers and they try to follow them um but because this system of leadership in our countries is not a divine system yeah therefore uh, you know even though the political leaders might say that uh, such and such uh, or we are trying to you know take our country into the direction that our founding fathers have given us some might be uh, very genuine. genuine but there is no guarantee because it's not a divine system yeah. it is a man made system you will have some good leaders you will have some not so good leaders and you will have some very corrupt leaders as well among them right but yeah. when we say divine system we mean that just like uh, a, a prophet of god almighty is a very noble and righteous person you cannot expect any um, you know any kind of corruption or any kind of falsehood in his character 
Similarly, when we talk about divinely guided leadership, we are talking about a, a, a person that is chosen and appointed by God Almighty himself and then guided along the way by God himself. This kind of leadership, um, as I mentioned, in, in, in this day and age is only present according to our belief in Ahmadiyya Muslim community, in our community, that is the uh, current head of Ahmadiyya Muslim community, His Holiness Mirza Masroor Ahmad, who continues to guide us, who continues to remind us of our responsibilities towards our Creator, God Almighty, and also our responsibilities towards our fellow human beings and other creation of God Almighty. I think you have answered um, one of the questions I was about to ask, whether this system of uh, divinely guided um, leadership exists in any of the other denominations, but then you have answered it that it is only within the Ahmadiyya Muslim community that this system of divinely guided um, I mean, um, leadership, that is Khilafat, does exist. So apart from that one, what else? Yeah, let me just add one thing to that. I mean, yeah. I know uh, uh, we might be going away from our topic, but I, I, because you have asked such an important question that does it exist in any other um, denomination or any other place, particularly among the Muslim community, I will tell you that it does not exist in any uh, other Muslim denomination whatsoever. And as a matter of fact, different uh, groups at different times in the history have tried to establish a unified leadership. But unified leadership is something that you cannot establish on your own because it is something that has to be established by God Almighty. Okay. Because See, if, 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 two, if um, 10 people choose a leader amongst themselves, that leader might only be accepted by those 10 people, but the 10 other people will not accept him or 100 yeah. other people will not accept him, right? Among yeah. the Muslim countries at different times, they have tried to do that. But at the end, what has happened is that each country or each denomination or each group has wanted its own leader to be at the top. So <laughs> at the end, that, 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 this is what I'm saying. This, this is something that is, that has to be from God Almighty. People on their own cannot establish that kind of unified leadership uh, that is divine. That is, uh, you know, this, this, uh, they will never come together to be unified in this manner, unfortunately. For them to become united, they have to come and accept the Messiah, the prophet, the, the reviver, the, you know, the messenger, the Mahdi of this day and age, the Imam, the leader of this day and age. That is the only way that the, the, you know, the global community can become one and unified. Thank you for the extensive you know, explanation on um, why members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community stand out in terms of our uh, peace-loving nature and also our resolve to make sure the world we live in remains and also becomes a peaceful place. The listeners, I think, would want to know more Apart from the two you have mentioned, what else makes members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community so unique from the other Muslims? Yes, um, Ahmadiyya Muslim community, as I mentioned earlier as well, we try to follow the character, the, you know, the sunnah uh, of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of God be upon him. In every aspect, we try to follow him. You know, when we look at his life, we see that he was an extremely, extremely tolerant person, very patient person, always practiced forgiveness. You know, when he moved from Mecca to Medina, because of the persecution that he was facing in his hometown, 
He moved to a new place where there was people of different religions already living there. And uh, some of them were being very harsh towards the Muslim community. Yeah. But he always exhibited uh, tolerance towards them. He you know, bore them with patience. And he always tried to be very kind and compassionate towards all the people generally. Then we look at, like, for example, later on, uh, you know, Meccans, the people of his hometown, waged war against the Muslim. And wherever he had to fight, so he fought. But whenever he could forgive, whenever they asked for mercy for forgiveness, he always forgave them. He did not punish them for the crimes that they had committed, uh, you know, so many of them. When they sought forgiveness, he forgave them because he wanted to establish peace. And his character was such that he was always tolerant. We look at, like, for example, uh, we hear about this uh, people of Najran. They were a group of Christians that came to study or learn about Islam, learn about this prophet, uh, Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Sure, they came to Medina, the, the newly uh, adopted home of the prophet, peace be upon him. They came there to the, this town and uh, discussed uh, different religious, had different religious debates with the prophet and his companions. And when they were, you know, it was their time of worship, it is recorded in history that Prophet peace be upon him said that you can use our mosque because our mosque or all mosques are made for, uh, you know, worship of God. So if that is what you need to do, then our mosque is always open for you. So, I mean, we, we see that he always uh, was very open, very tolerant, very compassionate. And Ahmadiyya Muslim community, we try to follow the same example and character of Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon sure. him. Uh, as a community, we respect all religions, all denominations within all religions. Uh, we, we respect people that don't adhere to any faith. Um, as our motto is also very clear in this regard, uh, that is love for all, hatred for none. This is what we believe, this is what we live our life by. And uh, you know, some of the religious community uh, communities in Jamaica would be well aware from the Muslim community for their interfaith programs for our sure, interfaith sure. programs for past five years we have regularly been holding uh, interfaith events uh, where people from different religions not just our own but different religions come and speak about the beauties of their own religion or they present solutions to contemporary issues from their own scriptures you know it is a, it, it is unique in this day and age that where people of different religions would be sitting together and appreciating each other uh, instead of hurling abuses or anything, sharing, uh, you know, kind and uh, loving remarks because they're only talking about the, uh, the solutions that their religions bring. They're not attacking one another. So this is something that we do and this, we believe that this enhances um, the, you know, respect for, uh, respect for different faiths within a community. Unfortunately, this year, because of COVID-19, we will not be able to have this program as we usually do. It was actually scheduled for next month, that is 10th of October. Uh, but this year, we will not be able to hold this program. Uh, but uh, going forward, we, we look forward to holding these programs again, just like we did in the past. So these, this is another aspect that our community um, tries to be as respectful to, uh, you know, as possible to all the, all the different people of different backgrounds, different religions, different cultures. And this was the character of Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. You, you, 
you touched on very important you know um, aspect of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community in terms of uh, tolerating the views and also the ideologies of other people. Um, I remember very well one day I invited a young lady to visit the mosque and she said that um, she never thought she would ever be accepted at the mosque since she is not a Muslim and from her understanding um, non-Muslims are not permitted to enter mosques and I said that is not true and from the example you gave the Prophet Muhammad himself allowed people who were not Muslims to worship in his mosque and this is something that members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community we do actually our mosques are for almost everybody and for the purposes of worship we have said it over and over if there is any religious organization around us who may um for some reasons would want to try it they can come to the mosque and worship provided they would you know respect the the ethics of the mosque in terms of worship it is the place of worship for everybody not only for muslims what else makes members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community? You have stated three. Uh, maybe if you can share two or maybe three more before time, I mean, runs out. Sure. You mentioned how our community opens, you know, the mosque to everyone. Uh, I would just like to share an example. When I was, before Jamaica, I was serving in Vancouver, Canada as a missionary for Ahmadiyya Muslim community. And by the grace of God, over there also, uh, you know, we, our community has a very nice, large mosque. And uh, it was again, it was not just being used by Ahmadiyya Muslim community, one other denomination uh, of Islam, Shia Muslims. Yeah, it is a very large denomination, and uh, you know, they reside in many several different countries of the world, they're in uh, very large majorities. Um, one particular uh, group from the Shia, Mus uh, Shia Muslims, uh, their mosque had some, uh, you know, some issues, some are uh, some issues regarding with the. Um, something to do with, you know, where they required renovation, major okay. renovation. Yeah. And it was going to take multiple years before they could afford to, do, to get that done. So what they started, they came to, they approached us and they requested if our mosque they could utilize. So we had beside our mosque a multi-purpose hall, which we used an ex, as an extension to the masjid. So multiple times in the year, they would come and use that mosque uh, for a number of days at once, you know. And they would have their programs inside our mosque. And we had never a problem with that. We, as I mentioned, of course, we also had our interfaith programs. But beside, uh, beside these uh, Muslim communities, we even used to have um, a, another a Christian group, uh, which, uh, you know, the Latter-day Saints Church, yeah. the, uh, commonly referred to as our Mormon brothers and sisters. Uh, they also used to come and have their, you know, on certain days have programs at our mosque. So again, you know, this is my example, which I have seen myself and this, we, our community trust, does this and uh, practices this teaching everywhere that our mosques are not just for the Muslims, but for everybody. So anybody who would like to use our mosque for religious purposes for a valid reason, I mean, we would always be welcoming them. And if you wish to learn more about Islam, you're always welcome to just drop in. And we have guests visiting us here at the St. Catherine Mosque in Old Harbor all the time and we welcome them with open arms. So going forward, as you, as you said that, what other uh, aspects do we have in our, sure, sure. in our belief that you know, makes our community stand apart, uh, stand out from, from other communities? In our community, uh, I feel that you know, there's an exceptional spirit of social integration. 
wherever uh, Ahmadi Muslims go and reside, they try to become the they become part of the social fabric okay. of that that society, and that is not something that they do out of their own accord because that is but it is the teaching given to them by Holy Prophet peace be upon him. That's why they do it. Okay. That's why we do it because it is our religious obligation to be part of uh, you know the community that we're living in. Holy Prophet peace be upon him. He migrated. Uh, because of the persecution, as I mentioned earlier, to this new city, Medina. He loved his hometown of Mecca. But when he had to migrate, he migrated, and he gave his life in building the new city that he was living in now. You know, he gave, yeah. he, he loved that new town as much as he loved the other town, and he tried as much as he can to, to make that city uh, into, you know, uh, a, a very special place. And now, t today, you know, we, when we refer to Mecca, we call it Mecca, the, the name that was given to yeah. it even before uh, Islam came about, right? But the other city where he migrated to, where there were people already living, it was a very nice town. Today, that town is now referred to as the city of the prophet. Yeah. The reason for that is because he made that new place his home. So Ahmadi Muslims, wherever we live, wherever we reside, uh, we try to integrate into the you know society as best as we can when i say as best as we can we always uh, hold fast to our religious values but we try to do as much as we can for the society for the community that we are living in that's very very important but um apart from um you know religion has a lot of components to you know constitute a true and genuine religion apart from preaching and propagating the messages of the various religions uh, moral and spiritual training is also a very important aspect of making sure the members are always you know in tandem with the teachings what are the members of the community doing different in terms of you know training the members spiritually and also morally yes uh, when we look at the lifetime of holy prophet muhammad peace be upon him his biography we see that he was always surrounded by people who were learning the religion from him. Later on, they, you know, once they had learned or once they had learned some things, sure. they would go out and teach that message to other people. After the demise of the Prophet, Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, those same companions that had learned the religion from him spread across you know, Asia and Europe and Africa and you know, went, uh, went out to teach the religion to people. And now we see that all those companions, not all, but many of those companions who were around him, uh, their graves are found all over uh, the world, basically, because they had gone out to teach the religion to other people. So uh, in our community today, we have a system under the divinely guided leadership uh, of our uh, Khalifa, our uh, worldwide head of our, um, the Muslim community. Under yeah. his uh, leadership, we have a system where missionaries are trained in particular in, you know, in our uh, seminaries, in our universities. Across the world? Though, across the world, in many different countries. You know? In North America, we have an institute in, uh, in Canada. In Africa, we have it in more than one places. Uh, there, there's one major one in Ghana. Then in Asia, you go and you find it in several different countries, such as uh, India, Pakistan. Bangladesh. And then also in Bangladesh. And then also in, when you go to Europe, there's a very, uh, you know, a nice facility in Germany, then also one in the UK. So basically all over the world, we find that these, uh, these missionary universities are there wherever missionaries are trained. I myself, I, I have graduated from the Missionary Institute in, uh, in Canada, 
and and you for yourself i know you've graduated from the missionary institute in in ghana so uh, you know our missionaries are trained in different parts of the world but they are trained because they are all trained under uh, morally and spiritually trained under the divinely guided leadership because of that you see a certain uh, uh, similarity between all of them regardless of where they are coming from which country they are coming from which nationality they are which color which culture they are coming from we are all alike uh, in this manner and that is something that is unique to our community in this in a way and due to that uh, we are able to you know um, um, our members are able to learn and uh, you know spiritually uh, their spiritual upliftment spiritual learning moral uh, learning goes on and it stays uh, i should say within uh, the way the the, the khalifa the, the spiritual head of our community desires it stays with that in that way in that yeah. manner so this is that system as i mentioning I, I am mentioning the moral and spiritual training of our members it um, it is something the system that we have in our community we do not see it in most other communities there are very uh, good and kind scholars and you know good communities but at this large scale you will not see it anywhere because this is the only divinely guided community in this day and age thank you very much imam tariq azim and um, i think time is um you know as i always say it's not the best of our friends when we have such programs it would be the wish of myself and also the listeners that you give us more and more um time is just going and um may i request that uh, you give us your final words particularly looking at some of the activities of the ahmedia museum uh, community in you know nation building and also service to humanity yes um our community uh, as i mentioned before that we our community you know um has an exceptional spirit of social integration so whichever country our community is established in we try to give back we try to serve that country that community we try to serve humanity in that country we have our organization um called humanity first which is a sister organization or which is a, uh, a charity organization within our community and under this organization um our uh, members volunteer and go to different parts of the world and uh, they try to uh, help alleviate suffering uh, you know wherever in whichever form it may be required uh, just to very brief mention briefly in jamaica here during you know we we have been looking to serve community our community in different uh, ways but lately due to covid-19 uh, we have been trying to um, help particularly the needy uh, the most deserving individuals who do not have uh, enough funds enough means to make their ends meet we try to provide for them we have selected a few families that we know are suffering very uh, you know hard, they're going through a very difficult period because of covid-19 and we are trying to send out food hampers to them and packages to them on a very regular basis so this is these are just some small things uh, that i'm mentioning but our community tries to do them on our on a regular basis uh, within our means within our uh, limited means that we have Thank you very much Imam Tariq Azim for sharing um your time precious time with us today on uh why members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community stand out uh from the other uh Muslims to add a little to what Imam Tariq Azim said the Ahmadiyya Muslim community does not only look at the spiritual well-being of individuals we also look at 
the physical aspect because we know that the soul cannot work without the body. Um, the Ahmed Muslim community is actively engaged in establishing of schools, hospitals, uh, vocational institutes, and also, I mean, a lot of other factors that uh, would bring uh, comfort to people so that they are able to worship in an environment that is peaceful. This is all that time would allow on today's program. And um, I say a very big thank you to Imam Tariq Azim and also for the listeners. In case you want to contact us even after the program, our contact is 876-283-9533. And until we come your way next time with another interesting episode from the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, it's love for all, hatred for none, and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jamal